This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty. What's going on, everybody? My name is Smitty from the Fantasy Football Show, and you're listening to a Spotify Green Room live audio show. And if you're listening to the replay of this, all you got to do is go to your app store, download the free Spotify Space Green Room app, and search for me, Fantasy Football. Um, that is my username, Fantasy Football, all one word. But if you search under people, just type in fantasy and toggle onto the people search. You'll find me. Follow me and then DM me on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Show. And let me know if you want to be in a private group where I alert you when we go live. That way, everybody in this private group can jump in here immediately, ask questions. They can jump on stage and uh, and be a part of this show. And every single one of these live shows, I create into a podcast that we drop on uh, Spotify Apple Podcasts. Everywhere you get your podcasts, this show will replay. That's why you're hearing it over there in the replay, and then the people that are in the group get alerted live. Um, Today, we're going to be going over uh, sleeper running backs. What's up, Tariq? What's up, Dev? We'll be doing sleeper running back. Little little conversation won't be too long today. Um, What's up, Jose? And we're just going to go over like some guys that are standing out as sleeper running backs heading into 2021. And if you guys have any questions, you can raise your hand and come up and ask a question. I'll probably send you back down right after the question, though, to keep the podcast flow going. Um, Running backs can sleep anywhere. Like, that's the one thing that bothers me when I I create a a sleeper rankings post or do something on social media and I talk about different levels of sleepers. I get get these wise guys that are like, you know, sleeper can't be that. That's not a sleeper. Like, we can define sleeper however however we want. And that's why I created sleeperu.com, sleeperu.com, which is all about sleepers. It's a, a university of sleepers. And so a sleeper can live in the, in the second round, third round, fourth round. That's how I define it. And that's how I'll continue to define it. And so it, all that matters is that a player is being slept on in general, you know. So like, but looking at, at rankings, let's say, uh, or an ADP list, what what running backs are sleeping in the like upper round range, you know, is Gibson starting to become a sleeper in a way because people are worried about his toe injury and he's falling into the third round. He's got top five to 10 running back upside. So he's got some risk. Everybody needs to realize there's a risk involved if you're going to draft Gibson, but he's starting to become slept on is the right way to, if you don't want to call him a sleeper, he's being slept on a little bit when he falls into the mid third round range because of the toe issue. Um, I think, uh, you know, Clyde is not somebody that's being slept on at all, but it depends on what circle of people you're drafting with. He is a steal. I would, I would call him more of a, a, a steal or a, a breakout because he is getting drafted at 3.5 and he has top five to 10 running back upside. So if you don't want to call him a sleeper, you don't want to call him a breakout, call him whatever you want, call him one of the steals, of the third and fourth round, but that's Clyde. Now we start getting a little deeper and we get into the range where I think people feel more comfortable calling somebody a, a sleeper or a breakout. 
Um, but if you look at a guy like Mike Davis, for example, even though he already had a, you know, a coming out party last year, um, he's being drafted sometimes in the sixth round range. And as a running back that has proven that he can, yeah, he can be inconsistent or he, he can drop off getting Christian McCaffrey type of workload, but who wouldn't, you know, their first year getting totally leaned on. Now he's an older running back. So in dynasty, you need to be careful, but he's 28 years old, but for the first time being truly leaned on, he gets Alvin or he gets Christian McCaffrey's workload. Like who's not going to break down from that or, or wear down. So the fact that he even, you know, got through the majority of the year with those, those carry volumes and, and reception totals is kind of amazing. And, you know, he had nine, I believe it was a nine reception game. He, he got fed a ton and proved himself to be a pretty adequate wide receiving back. So him going to Atlanta is pretty perfect because they don't, they don't produce thousand yard rushers. They produce this, you know, um, uh, running back that does a lot through the air, a lot of good touchdown opportunity and production and low rushing yards, but combination, some total pretty decent stat line. So I think Mike Davis could start becoming sleeper like in, in the top of the six. Um, his ADP ranges from 5.08 to like 6.04. Uh, other running backs that start to stand out. Um, we've talked about these guys a lot, so I apologize for beating a dead horse. But you know what? When when uh, a horse has been being beaten on the show, that means that people aren't reacting in the real world. And so I continue to, to beat a dead horse because the ADP is not moving. So it's my responsibility to continue to beat the drum. And Javonta Williams, 7.09 ADP on, on Fantasy Football Calculator, which I, I feel like their, their, their data isn't as accurate as it used to be. I feel like, I don't know if it's the way that they collect it or sort it, but it feels like it's including a lot of data that's garbage, like pre-NFL draft uh, information and data that drags, de- drags down the player's ADP. Like, for example, on Calculator – it says Najee Harris has an ADP of, uh, where is it? 3.07. That's not even close. There's no way. There's no way. Najee Harris is going in round two, and he's going in like mid-round two in a redraft. And if he's not, then he, he needs to be talked about as a sleeper here. Najee Harris is anywhere near third-round range. is ridiculous. But I believe this to be the the, the the deficiency here in their way they collect and and pool the data in so you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt um but i would say javonta williams even though his adp might be a little higher than 7.9 you're still going to find a lot of uh you know smaller leagues where people don't know what the hell they're doing that 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 rank him at seven eight round range so it's not that crazy to say that on on average in general javonta williams will be 7.9 um but if you've got to take him in around the mid to late round five, you're still getting a guy that can win you a league if he becomes uh, Jonathan Taylor, which he could 100% become. He could become that good. So 7.9, 5.9, he still win a league capable right there. Uh, Kenyon Drake feels slept on a little bit. Everyone keeps drafting uh, Josh Jacobs, who, yeah, I mean, he could be in for another thousand yard season, I suppose, but I'm not going near Josh Jacobs because he's likely to lose 
a majority, if not all the PPR work to Drake. And then you got to think if Drake's looking good at all, what are they going to do? Not give Drake the football on the ground too. Even if they say loyalty, we're, we're giving Jacobs a ton of work. Drake's still going to eat into a big chunk of the rushing yards. He's going to take a majority of the receiving yards and receiving production. So therefore, Who's really getting more volume in 2021, Drake or Jacobs? It kind of feels like by default, Drake will. So Drake's starting to look like a, a sleeper. A.J. Dillon, uh, J.D. McKissick. These are a, a couple other names that are like in the 8, 9, 10 round range that are kind of attractive names to grab. I think Zach Moss and Singletary together are a intriguing duo to grab. You don't know which one's going to get the volume, but you, you when you think about it, I know that the, the running back struggled in that offense last year, but it's because Zach Moss got hurt, who he's still recovering from that, that like ankle or, or foot. It's like an ankle surgery that he had, um, which makes me think Singletary's maybe even safer at this point. But I like Moss a lot. But this offense is one, number two, number three. You, you mean pick, pick, pick a slot in terms of being potent heading into 2021. So these guys look like they're they're you know one of them could be set up for a big season if they decide to use them properly and and I think they will. This offense is getting more and more involved. Uh, Naheem Hines. I'm just look going down the list of running backs. Decent potential for him. Even even though I love Jonathan Taylor, Hines does catch a lot of a lot of passes. Tony Pollard can win leagues. Uh, Trey Sermon at 10.07 is ridiculous. Um, people are saying that we drafted him way too high. In the seven to eight round range, I forget where we exactly took him, but in the throne league, we're talking him up at seven to eight round range. Look, his ADP on a very, very behind set of ADP rankings is still the 10th. And and, and that's not entirely accurate. I think he's climbing. I think he's more around, around nine, 10, um, even eight to, to 10. But he can, again, like Javonta Williams, win a league. Javonta Williams is set up better to get a hold of that, that job. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But, you know, Sermon's eventually, in my opinion, going to start handfuls of games in 2021. And he, he could get a he could get double-digit touches really early on. And that's all that matters. You don't care about the starter and name in San Fran. They, they've run the ball so much, there's a lot of opportunity. Um Michael Carter, like this is ridiculous. Twelve point oh four. There's, there's no way that's his ADP. His ADP is higher than Sermon. His ADP is probably a touch lower, like worse than Javonta Williams. But he's definitely around or so close to wherever Javonta Williams is going to be. Michael Carter. This is why this data is garbage. Um, but Michael Carter is a sleeper. He is a sleeper. He is a sleeper running back that you can get in like the six, seven, eight round range, depending on where he is on the pre-rank list. And I can't emphasize the pre-rank list enough because where a guy falls on the pre-rank list will determine where he's probably likely going to get taken. Uh, Tariq says, hey, Smitty, will 
all your green room calls be uploaded anywhere? And if so, where pretty much everyone, I mean, I can imagine one or two, not if it didn't, uh, you know, record right or something weird happened, but every single show will be on all podcast platforms. So you just go to Spotify, you go to Apple podcasts, you go to Stitcher, go wherever you get your podcast, you will hear it there probably by midnight that night, you know, if not right away. So this will be replayable uh, on all the platforms. And for those listening on the replay, and you want to be a part of the live show, like Tariq's asking a question. We've got a, a list of questions I'm going to go through here from the chat. Um, all you got to do is go to Spotify space green room in your app store, download the app, follow me, fantasy football. All one word is my username, but you can search me under people, type in fantasy, and you'll see me pop right up. Follow me, then DM me on Instagram at the fantasy football show, and I'll give you next steps of how to get you into uh, the chat that gets alerted like these guys. Right when I go live, I send them a link. They jump in here and they ask questions. They're a part of the alert team for these live shows. Uh, thoughts on A.J. Dillon? Dev, I like A.J. Dillon a lot. I mean, the, the opportunity is dependent on Aaron Jones. But, you know, he's like a, he's a super handcuff, like my video on on YouTube that I just released at smitty1.com, smitty1.com. Go watch that handcuff video. It's called Super Handcuffs. It's my most recent video that I posted. By the time you listen to this, it might be a couple of videos back, but it's called Super Handcuffs. And and AJ Dillon's a super handcuff. Alexander Madison's a super handcuff. Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard's a super handcuff. Trey Sermon's technically a super handcuff, but standalone value to a lot of people, so he may not qualify, but he has that kind of impact. Um, AJ Dillon gets in the lineup if Aaron Jones goes down. AJ Dillon becomes a top ten running back. I mean, potentially anything could happen. He could get banged up too, you know, but for the most part, he is a super handcuff and I like him a lot. Uh, Kevin wants to know Damian Harris this year. How do I, do I like Damian Harris? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm lukewarm on, on Damian Harris. I'm more indifferent. I'm more like, I'm not against him. I'm not for him. I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't like his environment. You know, I don't like the, the odds of him getting all the carries all year or even for a significant amount of time, I feel is, is just questionable that that new England situation just is questionable to me. I will say, if you want some positives on the guy, he was the better of the two running backs. Um, when Josh Jacobs and he shared carries um, in college, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like where one of them took over when the other, no, they were both there coexisting together Damian Harris is the one that hit a thousand yards on the ground at the college level. Josh Jacobs, the biggest season he ever had in college was like in the 600 range, 600 yard range. He had never rushed for more than 600 and something yards at the college level. That's one reason why I very, very much doubt Jacobs to hold up at the pro level because he's already getting banged up like crazy every single year because he's not, he's not used to running for anything over 600 and something yards. And while he has, surpassed the thousand yard mark um with two seasons he he he's been banged up and he's very questionable heading into 2021 as a fantasy football consistent asset and so you know Damian Harris uh so my point being that Damian Harris was probably the better college running back so if you do believe that he'll get fed he probably will have a really good year but I just don't trust that New England system or or the consistency that's awaiting him uh Dev says let's say Mostert gets hurt do you think uh Gallman will be affecting his game you're talking about Sermon 
Uh, I mean, anything's possible. We don't really know how much Sermon is, you know, has learned, how far behind he is, how far ahead he is. Um, we can only guess. And I could say, say that Gallman's got the skill set that could probably get him, you know, into the lineup quickly if, if, if the team needed him to be in there. He's a very, very good receiving back. <clears throat> He's pretty good all over the field. What's up, MTS? What's up, Kevin? Glad you guys are in the chat here. If you have a question, ask it and I will answer it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think that Gallman's got a shot, but I believe Sermon isn't going to be that far behind him at all because, you know, they're both learning the offense. You know, I know Gallman's got more experience at the pro level, obviously. Sermon's a rookie, but Sermon's good. The thing about Sermon is they drafted him in the third round. The draft capital's high. That usually does have a coach deciding to use that player. It's just something that, that the, the way the NFL works, you draft a running back in round three or two, you're most likely going to use them and deploy them early. It's just the, the trend of that, you know, that thinking, how much, how much are we investing? How much are we paying them? You know, we like them so much. We're going to, we're going to waste uh, early pick on a running back is what everyone's, you know, kind of the way that people approach the running back position in the draft. Now, if you take a running back, in the second or third round and you don't use them, you're wasting a pick. So, and, and on top of that, his frame is so much different than all the other running backs, including Gallman, including Moster, including hasty, you know, well, Wilson's a little bit more, I guess you could say kind of workhorse built than the others, but, but he's hurt and he can't stay healthy. And I don't think he's near as built for the position as sermon sermon stands out like a sore thumb. You know, and so by default, he's just going to kind of, I think, bypass everybody once he's ready. Once he's learned everything, it doesn't, the pecking order doesn't matter. Sermon just kind of walks right around everybody, right to the lineup. And so that's my prediction. Could I be wrong? Yes. Could I be a year early? Yes. Could it take to week 10 or 12? It could. It could. You got to know that. But it certainly is, you know, it certainly is a question if you're like drafting Sermon to help you in week two, you're not approaching the situation properly. You need to draft Sermon as if he may only start four games, but you got to hope he'll be starting more. Um, <clears throat> great O-line, just unpredictable opportunities, says Kevin. J.K. Dobbins, a sleeper running back one. Um, I wouldn't say he qualifies as a sleeper as, as per the definitions of like, you know, it, are people sleeping on him? I suppose if he continues to fall a little bit, then yes. So like if he consistently falls into the late third or top of the fourth, I suppose, yeah, Tariq, that, that could qualify him under my definition, which I don't care what other people say their de definition is. You know, I run a site called Sleeper U. I get to do whatever I want with the definition. And, and I, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say he's trending in that direction because he has top one or he has top five to, to seven, maybe four to seven running back upside. If he gets all the work or gets enough work, he could definitely be a top five running back. And, you know, looking at some of the, the trending on his ADP, Tariq, he is falling into the third round. And technically that's the same thing that I just said about uh, Gibson. So if I say it about Gibson, I got to say it about J.K. Dobbins. So I, I will actually agree with you that you can start putting him, him into a, a, a sleeper category 
that I am okay with that other people will say, you can't talk about sleepers unless they're unknown people. No, J.K. Dobbins is being slept on. And I agree with you, Tariq. The more I look at it right here in front of my face, Gibson and him have the same trajectory in terms of ADP data. And Gibson was a mid-second, potentially top of the second, falling into the third. And J.K. Dobbins was a mid-second, falling into the third. In some cases, the late third. Yeah, I mean, you're right, bro. You're right. J.K. and Gibson probably are the exact same level of upside, exact same level of risk, and exact same ADP. They both are the biggest name running backs you can find that you can coin being slept on. So I I 100% am changing the direction of what I started to respond to you with. Uh, Yeah, those those are two good ones. Dilemma Crap was considering him my keeper. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, I mean, I talked to, I talked him up pretty good right now, so I don't know that there should be a dilemma necessarily because I like J.K. You just need to draft J.K. in the right spot. You need to – if you're drafting in a startup, let's say, or if you're keeping him, you gotta dra- you got to draft him or keep him in a place where it feels like third-round value at least because he's kind of a risky second, you know. Gibson's a little bit of a risky second, but both of both of them deserve third round value, and they can pretty easily outperform third round value, is what I would probably say. But I, you know, I, I love I love J.K. I just don't know about his situation fully, which is why that ADP's dropped. And Gibson, same thing, but about his toe. You know, we love his talent. His situation's great, but we just don't know about the toe. Why is his toe still bothering him this deep into this into the offseason? It should be completely gone. That toe shouldn't be bothering Gibson whatsoever. And I had a doctor on my show, and we talked about this, and he said if he didn't get the toe surgery, he'd be fading Gibson entirely. Now I don't know that I would just because of a just because a doctor said that. You know, I respect his opinion, but he's not right on everything either. It's really hard to predict how these things unfold. Not to mention, you know. We have play. We have players speak, and we have coach speak. And sometimes players will speak about something very lightly. They won't even. They'll brush off, brush it off like, "Oh, I'm not hurt," and they are hurt. And sometimes players, and I'm not saying he's necessarily doing this, but sometimes players will say, "Oh, I'm hurt," when really they're not like super hurt. They're just letting you know why they struggled a little last year. They feel a little underappreciated. They want you to know that they're out there grinding. Like my toe still bothers me. You know, that's how bad it was last year, guys. You know what I mean? So, like, was Gibson speaking from that angle? Like, I want you to know how hard I worked last year. My toe still bothers me. But, I'm no, I'm able to make all the cuts, he said. He said, I'm able to make all the cuts. It, you know, so, I don't know. I think sometimes when we get doctors involved, it's good. But then they start taking it from a, you know, hard line stance of this is exactly how injured the toe is. Like, 
there are severities to those toe injuries. There are severities to high ankle sprains. There are severities to like when you hear someone has a high ankle sprain and, and then you hear a doctor come out and I, ha and I, like I said, I respect and use a lot of these doctor uh, takes and, you know, have them on my show. And, but when they, sometimes when I say, Hey, he has a high ankle, they immediately, immediately say, Oh, I wouldn't touch him all year. Sometimes guys have a high ankle. It's categorized a little bit wrong or it's the least severe high ankle you could have. Like there's degrees. There's definitely degrees and gives and takes in, in terms of where that, you know, injury lies on that chart of, of severe high ankle or, you know, it barely got categorized high ankle just because of where the injury was, but it wasn't a, you know, a severe high ankle. So we gotta, we gotta be careful to just use blanket, you know, statements, blanket um, assumptions when, when we don't have all the facts. And I think that Gibson feels a little bit like that. Like we're going to hear in two weeks from now, Gibson's hundred percent. And then everyone's going to be like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. There were, there was news that broke three weeks ago that said that his toe still bothering him. I had doctors coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, I'm, I'm avoiding him entirely. And then three weeks later, we get a report that says he's 100%. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way news can go. And people report on stuff very strangely. We don't get all the information. Now, it could go the other way, too. That's why we're building risk in, right? That's why we're saying Gibson's no longer a slam dunk mid-second round pick. Gibson's now a third rounder. But what I'm trying to trying to to point out here is that Gibson dropping into the third round take care it takes care of everything. It it builds that risk in. Now we need to stop talking about Gibson's toe because that's accounting for it. And if the news was premature or blown out of proportion or it was order of questioning that made him say what he said. And therefore he's a hundred percent, let's say four weeks from now, Gibson's going to be an absolute monster steal in the third round. And everyone's going to have slept on him due to an injury concern and people that took him in round three, understanding the risk was baked in there. They no longer needed to talk about the injury because now he's a third rounder. Those people will benefit greatly. Um, so that's kind of how, how that works. Um, all right. Any last questions before we end today's podcast? And again, I want to tell everybody that if you want to be involved in this live show, because I have questions and people are asking me questions here in the chat. Um, all you got to do is go to Spotify space green room um, in your app store on your phone and download the Spotify green room app. Follow me, just type in fantasy football or type in fantasy under people and I'll pop right up, add me and then DM me on Instagram at the fantasy football show to get involved in this group where I alert you when I'm live. You guys get to come in exclusive, listen, ask questions. It's a great way to get your question answered, you know, in, in a show, in a podcast format. And then the reason you're hearing this, if you're listening to the replays, because I, I then publish them as, as a podcast. Smitty, do you have any advice on ter in terms of tight end strategy? Let's say I skip on the top three. Who do I draft next? Yeah, I, there's a lot of guys I like, bro. Um, Fant's one that's pretty solid that we, we got him in the throne draft at like, I don't know, ninth or 10th round range. I forget. Uh, Robert Tunyon continues to get disrespected. All the guy did was finish number four out of all tight ends last year. And you have everybody just assuming that Aaron Rodgers is gone or that the the drop in value, like we're talking 10 to 
14 round range. Crazy low for Tunyon. That I mean, that accounts for A-Rod being gone. Like drafting Tunyon in round 12 or 11 is is drafting him with upside, even with Aaron Rodgers gone. But drafting Tunyon in round 10, 11, 12, and, A- and A-Rod returns is an absolute robbery. The guy had 11 touchdowns last year was number four out of all tight ends and gets zero respect. Like Bobby Boy Tunyon's a top five tight end in my book. And you get him in the double digit round round range. What's wrong with this situation? I have no idea. I've been talking about it a lot. It still happens over and over. So I'll continue to talk about it. Robert Tunyon is your, your secret weapon wide uh, tight end option in 2021. I can't think of another tight end that makes more sense. I can't think of another tight end that has more value or upside. I can't think of another tight end that has the Aaron Rodgers situation baked into the value already. And even if he leaves, he's great value. And if he doesn't leave, you're robbing everybody in your league with the, the, the number four scoring tight end last year that came on strong, stronger and stronger as A-Rod started to build more rapport with him. I mean, I, I love the guy. Logan Thomas is number three out of all tight ends last year, and he's going in rounds 9, 10, 11. Which I, I don't understand. I don't get it. And fans going late too. So those would be my top three guys that I'd target late in the draft. And, and one of them is going to fall to you. So like it's almost a, a, a bulletproof plan to go after a late tight end and get one of those guys and pretty much reach around more than you probably should or a half a round and you're fine. You're not going to miss one of them. So, you know, tight end is, I almost feel like tight ends are easy this year. Everyone keeps talking about how bad tight ends are. Like you can't find any good tight ends. You know, I, 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 you can't get a tight end. It's the big three. Now what tight ends, a mess Smitty. No, I feel like tight ends is the easiest position to draft this year. I feel like it's the easiest problem to solve. Everyone keeps complaining about it. Not saying you guys, but, Everyone keeps complaining about it. Tunyon is sitting there. Logan Thomas is sitting there. Noah Fant is falling. Why? I have no idea, but they are. And, and they're the easiest problems to solve. So that that's, uh, that's all I got on that. Hey, guys, I appreciate you listening. This will post later if you missed any part of the show. And if you're, again, listening to the replay, DM me on Instagram. I won't, I won't bore you with the details again on how to get out involved in these live shows. But DM me. The Fantasy Football Show. DM me on Instagram and I'll tell you how to get into these live shows. I appreciate all of you. Take it easy. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty. 